Welcome to Vegas Circle with Pocky and Chris. And today joining the circle with us, we're excited to sit down with this entrepreneur that's the leading, he's basically leading the Las Vegas blockchain movement. And he's a public speaker, was recently speaking at UNLV. He also is the host of the Guest List Podcast here in Las Vegas. We got Mr. Jake Gallon. So oh, man. thanks for like, joining the circle, bro. Gentlemen, it is an honor to be here after returning the favor, man. I've been you guys were one of the first podcasts I discovered when I went through my Vegas podcast search about two years ago. Love what you guys are doing. We share a lot of the same ideals and values, so it's a perfect match. Yeah, it's awesome, man. You got a great story, man. Thank I you. mean, you're a Las Vegas native. During a pandemic, you got kind of a quick backstory, but you were working in the nightclub industry. And then during the pandemic, you had to pivot and got into the actual podcast space, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how Guestless Podcast started, right? From yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was working at Omnia the last five, six years. As Busser opened it up at the nightclub and Within two weeks of the pandemic, I realized that society was pivoting to this more digital e-commerce-based uh, society. And so I needed to find my way to bridge myself into that creative economy as it's kind of been labeled now. And I'd always been thinking about doing a podcast. I was a big fan, big consumer of Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, all these like solo podcasters. And being from here, I always knew the diverse nature of Vegas, very transient, there's tons of culture, entertainment's very diverse, the economy's becoming diverse, politically diverse, you could go on and so forth. Yeah. And so I decided that it was a do or die moment that I was going to start a podcast and got my first two guests were nurses who one of them had the first COVID patient in the city, oh, wow. she worked in the respiratory division. So got a lot of information there and then tapped into my previous uh, networks, whether it had to do with business, fraternity, Jewish, entrepreneur, whatever, so forth, entertainment. And then it kind of just took off from there. But definitely a huge uh, learning curve at the yeah. beginning, which I'm sure you guys have probably <laughs> yeah. experienced the same a as well. A lot of iterations yeah, Easily. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. when you guys were supposed to come on my podcast, I left the power cord over at UNLV when I was recording a podcast. And I was like, oh my God, new move right there. Yeah. Well, that's that's why we had the studio. Chris fired yeah, we me had, we had immediately. I, I deleted, I think, our first two podcasts. Yeah. Have, people, have them come back. Like we had Mike know. Xavier. And yeah, he, Mike Xavier. He was gracious enough to come back yeah. on and redo the podcast, the whole podcast. Yeah, was that was a very, uh, uh, weird moment. <laughs> yeah. What was kind of like your original vision of the guest? Because it changes. Like you got to like readjust. It, it has. I yep. think the original ideation has kind of stayed pretty much intact. Okay. Uh, I wanted it, and you can go back to even episode zero of the podcast where very cringe, very monotone. But to see your skills improve is is awesome. But yep. the original idea was that it was for it was a tool for entrepreneurs in Vegas to be to be to be discovered. But then I can also learn their story as well. Because mm -hmm. Vegas is very, it's a very siloed town. The entertainment industry all communicates with each other, right? Everyone's True. the who's who on the strip and red red velvet ropes and cool openings and stuff like that. But the internal marketing of Vegas is very bad. The The community doesn't communicate with each other. I don't know if that's because of the temptation on the strip that you could just go out and party. And mm -hmm. so that many people don't want to go off and build some of their own products and so I felt like it was just it was my purpose to to fulfill that to fulfill that goal. And yeah. so it's really just taken a life of its own at this point now. Yeah. And so it's really stayed pretty firm to the original idea. I just didn't think it would blow up as fast as it did. Uh, I decided to choose two podcasts per week to stay relevant, but also keep myself busy as well. Yeah. And now I have to say no to people, which I don't like doing. I don't like being a gated institution of telling people no or vetting them and basically saying like, hey, you're not worthy of my show. But yeah. it's kind of gotten to that point now where 
now that I'm going to begin scaling the team out, now I can hopefully in the future do three per week or maybe 10 per month, which can assist in that. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of seeing that where it's like Vegas, people are screaming for an opportunity to appeal to the masses. We really don't have that outside of standard kind of media. You know, as you've been growing your brand and you kind of had this vision of what you wanted to be from the beginning and kind of adhered to that, you know, what challenges have you dealt with? Or if you Mm. had to go back and redo it again, what would you change? I think the inherent challenge of Vegas in terms of it being less educated or being perceived as less educated is an uphill battle. Um, it's only about 50% of the United States really listens to podcasts, but audio consumption is definitely on the rise. The podcast industry just reached over a billion dollars in advertisement, which is still 5% of the TV ad revenue, which is over $50 billion. So it's just going to continue to dramatically increase. Yeah. And with, with Vegas specifically, the majority of people aren't here for education. They're in the entertainment industry. So they're not going to listen to entrepreneur, entrepreneurial-based podcasts. Uh, if you do bring on somebody who's a celebrity in the music industry or they're uh, a very well-known host or something like that, mm-hmm. those get a lot of downloads. But for somebody who's building, uh, I don't know, a, a software store or a cabinet furnishing store, anything like that, people don't really want to hear it yet. So you kind of have to just know that you're building this journey and this path that is going to at some point hit that network effect that you want to get. But you can't really look at the downloads and and you kind of have to dismiss it because some people have realized as well that I do an hour-long show, sometimes even more. I've done two and a half hours. Yep. The majority of people don't have that time to to sit there and consume it. But what I did realize, though, is that when I post these one-minute clips, a lot of people tell me, hey, that's my that's me supporting you and saying, like, I'm getting my content through you through one-minute clips. And then sure. if I think that person's interesting through the, the one-minute clip, then I'll dive in a little bit more and listen to 20 or 30 minutes. Smart. And for me, I want every single person listening to an hour of the show. You of know, course. you always yeah. do. But, that's the ego. Yeah. The ego right? That's the it. ego. Yeah. yeah, I want yeah. every single person. But eventually, there is a point where most people now view the show as credible. And so you don't really the, – the numbers don't really mean anything because yeah. now I can – with your, your social influence or however you want to call it yeah. – People will perceive that person across from across from you being credible, and then that's giving them the opportunity without even having to receive as many downloads as you you would yeah. like. Yeah, it's very interesting yeah. you say that because you know when we first started the podcast, that was my vision. It wasn't necessarily to educate the masses, but get my own personal education. People who are actually doing the things that I would hope to do. And you know, it's funny because most people you know, they all want to start their own business. They all want to be entrepreneurs. They all talk about it, but a lot of people don't implement it. Mm-hmm. And I think what's great about the podcast that you do or similar to what we would do is that you have an opportunity to have a one-on-one conversation with people who have made an impact and built their business from the ground up and show that entrepreneurial spirit. No, it's true, man. And you built this brand, which is awesome, man. You know, it's like Thank you. you wear so many different hats. You're not just a podcast. You do all these different things that we're going to get into. But how do you choose your guests? Like, what's yeah. your what's your process? Because we talked a little, little bit about this before. I get, I get this question a lot, actually, on Instagram where people ask or, yeah. or they want to pay or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, I don't really like being a gatekeeper to that because yeah. I do want to help the little man as much as possible. I mean, I'm still a little man. I'm too small to be canceled. So it's like at that point, you're, you're not... You haven't achieved that level of success that you'd like. To me, I look for founders or entrepreneurs. Entrepreneur, pretty much everyone's an entrepreneur now, whether you're an online brand, content creator, building a storefront, software developer, anything like that. You have the opportunity to solve a problem in society because of as many tools that are that are there. 
But I like those who have kind of gone against the grain or doubled down on their self. That's something I always like to say is if you're given the opportunity to double down, then go ahead and do it because more often than not, you're going to succeed. Yeah. So those people who are just facing adversity or they're pushing the city of Las Vegas forward, those are the people that I like to talk to. Um, on the contrary, I haven't had as many artists, musical artists on there, but mm-hmm. I feel like that need has been fulfilled from a handful of podcasts already out there. Yeah. So I go more for those who are putting their actual reputation on the line every day, whether they're putting their financial capital up there yeah. or their their social reputation or anything like that. Those are the people I look for. And obviously, I take recommendations and yeah. I'm in touch with a handful of PR agencies yeah. and politicians and stuff like that who make yeah. those recommendations. So I try to vet it, but I try to have as wide of a variety as possible. Although yeah. everyone seems to just fall towards the real estate industry for some reason. <laughs> that's, what we, we, that's what we talked about before. We were going to do a yeah, real estate podcast. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. So, But it's interesting, man, because you you built an organic template also, which is great. And the foundation, you're giving people the opportunity. What do you think you've learned, man? Like, what, What's one of the biggest nuggets like, that you mm. think you've learned? We're all human at the end of the day. The majority of those who have some sort of influence, whether it's through financial capital, followers, social, whatever, the majority of them want to share their knowledge with you. So whether you're reaching out to somebody who's verified million followers or a successful billionaire entrepreneur, the majority of the time, as long as you can get their attention somehow, whether it's through their DMs, through their assistants, something like that, they're more than happy to come on the show, share their knowledge, especially yeah. if they realize that their voice is being heard. Because yeah. this is the, the the life hack that I realized with podcasting is that whenever I'd reach out to some entrepreneur that I'd like to have a discussion with, it's not because they don't want to hear hear me, but it's because they're busy. But all of a sudden, you put two microphones in front of you, and now they have three hours of time open <laughs> to sit there and talk <laughs> with you. And, and, right? and, and a lot of the business yeah. deals actually happen, and what I enjoy the most is the post-conversation. Yes, I want to share knowledge with, yeah. with my audience, but now that I have that person I've, I've sat with for an hour, their defense is lowered, they're a little more comfortable with me, yeah. now I could pitch to them whatever, I have, whatever I've been thinking on or yeah. whatever social connection that I want to make. And so it makes it that much easier to to yeah. strike a business deal or a uh, potential collaboration. Yeah. You know, people get in the podcast, I think for various reasons, you know, whether like me for the opportunity to learn from people specifically, mm-hmm. you know, maybe an opportunity to teach people about something uh, that you're hoping to teach them. But, you know, ultimately there is also a financial aspect to it. And mm-hmm. it comes where you want to create sponsorships, you want to network and you want to build your personal brand and monetize it. You know, how have you kind of dealt with that portion of the podcast and creating those relationships? Yeah. Uh, advertisement is something that most people have their eyes set on, but that was something I never had my eyes set yeah, on. Yeah, same. Like a side within within <laughs> like two or three months of starting the podcast, I had dozens of people ask me like, when are you going to monetize the podcast? But what they don't realize is the monetization comes from using your podcast as leverage to build something else, right? Because now you're a credible person, you have all these networks. Yeah. Now you could take that if you're smart and you can build a blockchain movement or you can mm-hmm. build a coaching business or you can build a digital marketing agency or whatever that it can extend to. Yeah. So those who are short-sighted shoot for the advertisements. I was sponsored by Manscaped for a little while. That sponsorship has ended now. Yeah. And it's not all it's cracked up to be, to be honest. Yes, you get paid a few hundred dollars based off of your views and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But now you may lose some followers because they hate ads because, let's be mm-hmm. honest, everyone hates ads. Yeah. And now you're, you could be perceived as a sellout or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to I wanted that brand recognition because Manscaped's the number two most notable 
podcast sponsor in the world. Yeah. I sponsored Joe Rogan and all these other people. And I also wanted to see what they looked for from the other end. But I don't see myself having a sponsor anytime here in the near future unless it's yeah. a brand that's really important to Vegas or important to me. But the majority of those who find some sort of success is using your podcast as leverage to build something else. Look at Joe yeah. Rogan with the on it and Tim yeah. Ferriss with his consultation agency and all these other ones. It's the exact model that everyone does. Yeah. It's huge, man. I mean, it, I love your perspective. That's why we, we mm -hmm. vibed from the first time we met is you've got a, a, a great perspective on life and you got a great perspective on not just being tunnel vision, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then taking advantage of those opportunities. I love your perspective about just building a business in Vegas, right? So building a business in Vegas, what would you say you've seen? Because I know you mm -hmm. know the tech space and things along those lines, but what would you say that uh, one of the biggest things you've seen to, to build a business here? It's it's an uphill battle because the majority of people are groomed to go on the strip and make mm -hmm. six figures serving drinks, which is in high demand all the time. And you can do that pretty easily. But then most of those people tend to just kind of check out. You know, A lot of people just would dream of making six figures, which is awesome you know, it's awesome compensation, but it's not enough to go out and leave like a lasting impact on anything. So I think the temptation out here is a big hindrance towards uh, economic building. Mm -hmm. So the majority of those who are out here building, there hasn't been a blooming tech space at all. It's starting to now um, because of no state taxes and all mm -hmm. these tech companies that are leaving California. But Vegas has been very siloed to the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. So you have seen a lot of businesses surrounding, you know, escorts and modeling mm -hmm. and art, artistry and things like that. But there hasn't been as much innovation. So I like to, would like to see that happen. Vegas has always operated in this like 3D model. And what I mean by that is like it's a very what you, what you see is what you get on the strip. It's done a really bad job at providing the fourth dimension, which is the tech overlay, right? Integrating internet communities and tech applications and cryptocurrency, which I'm working on and all yeah. these other things. So that's the communities that I try to find myself in. And I see yeah. a lot of movement for that. Mm -hmm. But Vegas is just the the big hindrance of building a business in Vegas is that there just were, were haven't been enough resources until recently. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of interesting because, yeah. you know, we have um, and one aspect, money, affluence everywhere, it's a huge amount of money. And then I think the most people to get to that point have to be an entrepreneur. And I, do you think it's kind of like we're instilled to have the get rich quick model where you have somebody put a 25 cents on a slot machine. Now they're millionaires. So everybody wants an immediate impact instead of working for it. Yeah. It's a it, Vegas is an instant gratification town, Very much. whether you're, you're getting drinks from a beautiful cocktail server and then you yeah. tip her money. That's instant gratification. And you see the rise of all the different sports, better and online betting. And now Caesars and William Hill have a sponsorship and all these other companies is that everyone seems like everyone's a sports better out here yeah. now, right? Because they want the instant gratification. They want that big hit. Obviously, on the contrary, the casinos win the majority of the time. So it's basically a losing business. Same goes for gambling and all these other alternative things as well. So yeah, Vegas has always been an instant gratification town. There hasn't been as much longevity with the foresight. And those who did, like Steve Wynn and some of the pioneers on the Strip who had the long-term intentions, are those who ended up succeeding. But now we have to build off of the entertainment industry yeah. and off of tourism dependency. And those who do have, find success in that are going to be the next uh, pioneers of Las Vegas. Yeah. What's interesting about you, too, is you, you touched a little bit about the Bitcoin. Right? Mm -hmm. You got in Bitcoin early, right, from my understanding? 2017, early a April 2017. That's the first time I purchased. So for people like myself, Chris knows it better to be. What would you say Bitcoin is? like? What 
for like a, the simplest way to be able to explain it. Self-sovereignty. Okay. And, and what I mean by that is it gives you the power to possess your own wealth. The majority uh, for pretty much the majority of human history, your wealth was stored in a bank, but <laughs> you don't own that money when you have your wealth stored in there. They have to give you permission to use it. So let's just say I have a million dollars in the bank, right? If I wanted to pull out all $1 million, there's multiple parts of the bank that has to approve that to happen. But it's my money. Why do I need your permission? Like that never that never made sense to me. So when I, when I came across Bitcoin and saw that you possess your own wealth, but also that it was increasing on average of 200% per year annualized, it's it crazy. just seemed like it seemed like the next generation of savings technology. But then as you go down the crypto rabbit hole, which is what it's described, yeah. and once you go down there, you'd never leave. No, There's no one who's ever entered the crypto industry that actually left until they made like an exorbitant amount of money and wanted to build their own project. But it's a momentum and faith-based system that's proven through mathematical computation, which the fiat system is backed by the government and what is the government backed by it's backed by the military and so basically the dollar only has value because the military of the united states says that if you don't accept this as the world reserve currency then you're gonna have to face wrath for military but with this it's a decentralized international first truly global financial system that gives anybody the opportunity to enter it whether you want to purchase it mine it and uh, so forth. So it to me, it just re- resembles freedom. So isn't it a little Huge, bit of disruption because yeah. the fact that Bitcoin is not regulated and there are so many different blockchain technologies available where you like you see all these now these, you know, quote unquote shit coins coming up mm-hmm. all the time and yeah. pump and dump schemes where people put a massive amount of money in, people buy into it, pull all their money out and basically scam a lot of people out of those uh, funds that they're putting in because the technology is so available nowadays. Yeah, that's. Traditionally, that's why they created the accredited investor rule, mm. which where you have to have a million dollars in assets to invest in in private equity. But from what I've seen through the crypto industry, those who participate in an unregulated uh, financial system have actually more often than not won and been on the the winning side of it. Obviously, everyone has their wrecked moment where you lose a trade or anything like that. But then you learn. You don't sit there and just gravel that you've lost money. You're like, hey, I'm going to get back out there and I'm going to figure out what I did wrong. And then I'm going to go make money. So the majority of people that I've seen enter the crypto industry have made a lot of money. Some have made just uh, enough money to, you know, supplement whatever needs and, you know, external activities that they that they want to be a part of. But it's it's yeah completely unregulated yeah. <laughs> it's go, it's going to be, it's trying to be regulated and it definitely undermines the power of a lot of these different uh, corrupt political systems whether you're referring to the United States or North Korea Russia China China's banned it so a lot of these communist yeah. countries have banned it we just saw in the infrastructure bill i think this was 2 days ago from the time of this recording they were trying to regulate crypto super hard and then we saw a bunch of republicans come out and say like we can't regulate this technology because no one here actually understands what it is so we need to further educate our own politicians on this growing industry that's worth literally two trillion dollars and it's going to keep exploding from there yeah and the underlying technology that built bitcoin the blockchain technology it's going to be impacting all facets of our life you know eventually 10 15 years from now every single portion of our life is going to be pretty much ran on blockchain real estate transactions medical records even like you said casino 
Could you yeah. imagine going to a casino where instead of using chips, you are going to be using a cryptocurrency instead of a chip on a card? Uh, because that's the way to regulate the transactions in each individual endeavor. And you can even see it with like, you know, countries like Venezuela. I think they just adopt El Salvador. El Salvador, El Salvador. Salvador. First, to draw, first to adopt is legal tender. So there's no taxes on yeah. it. It's used just as a dollar. And there's been about 10 Latin countries that have signaled that they plan to do the same thing. And Huge. they're introducing new legislation to, to get that going because El Salvador has been suppressed by the U.S. dollar. As we saw last year in 2020, they printed more money. They're printing more money again for the infrastructure bill. 40% of all dollars that have ever existed were printed in the last year and a half. Wow. So yeah, if you think about that, 40% of your dollars are going to be inflated away over the next 10 years. And so those who are punished are those who have their savings in dollars, and those who are rewarded are those who have their money in assets. So basically, the rich gets richer, the poor gets poor. It's the same story over and over again. So that's why we try to educate, especially with, with my new adventure with, with Native research, is we're trying to educate those to get their money, at least get a small portion invested, but not only just for an arbitrary number, but to understand the technology and the freedom that is attached to it, and then everything else that's on top of it. And then we can integrate that into Vegas, because it is guarded a little bit by the Gaming Commission and some of these other politicians, which the federal politicians admitted they have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah you can see it can kind of go either joke, way. Man. Either they ban all cryptocurrency or it basically takes over all facets of our life. Yeah, <laughs> at, at this point, it's beginning to take over. It's such a large movement yeah. that you can't shut down because it's decentralized. There's thousands or tens of thousands of nodes mm -hmm. that are operating and have the transaction history and even satellites. So even if you shut the, the internet off, it can still operate freely. That's freaking crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> really that's what I wanted to get into. That's, that's absolutely crazy. That's, I, I, it like I, warps I, my mind when you could talk about uh, how, how it works and it's so beautiful. It's, it's, it's such a good technology that should be implemented into Vegas. As we mm -hmm. discussed through this conversation, yeah, right? Yeah. Vegas has faced a big hurdle in terms of innovating outside of the strip but if Vegas is considered the international playground, then why not integrate the international currency on top of it, which is also which is also having a digital playground built within it? So there's so much immense opportunity for Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, Resort World just partnered with Gemini Exchange, which is one of the largest mm -hmm. exchange, uh, U.S. exchanges that's very regulated to announce and adopt cryptocurrency they rolled out their wa uh, wireless wallet feature where you can gamble without having chips but they have not announced anything in terms of actual blockchain integration although they said they would like to but from the discussions i've had through my podcast and off air and mm -hmm. through this blockchain movement is that the gaming commission right now has a hard no on it and it's mostly because that they're uneducated about it and don't know so that's why we host these blockchain meetups in collaboration with UNLV and I'm meeting other entrepreneurs out here is so that we can educate the gaming commission and um, some of these other regulatory bodies to adopt crypto, which will then flood in billions of dollars into our economy because right now Miami, which is very similar to Vegas. I don't know if you've ever been to Miami, yeah, but it's, le it's literally like yeah. the Latin Las Vegas, yeah. you know, it's a beautiful place Just on the water. <laughs> they're, they're leading blockchain adoption in the United States and they've attracted in tens of billions of dollars into our economy just because mayor Soros, who's their mayor 
has announced public support for blockchain, has announced that he's going to do everything in his power to have crypto-friendly policies so that they could come out and build and bring their wealth down there. And Vegas has much better infrastructure than Miami does. And so this is why we're trying to get everyone on the same page and bring in literally tens of billions of dollars to Las Vegas. I like how you talk a bit. One thing I got to say, just just for our listeners, Jake is not messing around because we're talking offline of, of his big sale mm-hmm. that he just had. <laughs> just share with our audience the NFT, <laughs> and you got to tell it. You got to tell the number. But what did you sell your NFT for? The yeah, re- so, so I recently this was on Saturday, so about three days ago, mm-hmm. um, I made a sale within the Mooncat community, which is one of the oldest NFT projects on Ethereum. Um, I made a sale for 70 ETH for one NFT, which was equivalent of about $205,000 at the time. And so I own a little over 100 of those different NFTs, but that was the rarest one in my collection. But then I I turned around at the time and bought another Mooncat, which was... It's with NFTs. It's based off a of rarity. It was one of the rarest cats. I ended up turning around and buying that for about twenty nine ETH. So I profited about forty ETH at the time, which I had per- originally purchased it for twenty two, um, and back in in April. And That's so yeah, NFTs are wild because it has to do the combination of collectibles, social clout, influence, uh, and then also you gamify everything on top of it. And so I find the NFT community really interesting. And now we've seen it really tap into pop culture as we see a lot of sports athletes, um, a lot of billionaires and moguls and anybody who's known to light are beginning to adopt NFTs. Uh, Des Bryant has like 3 million uh, followers. He's part of the Board Ape community. We saw um, Jay Z bought a CryptoPunk and put it his crypto as his Twitter profile. And so, this this sector of cryptocurrency is what has really tapped into the mainstream so far. I gotta figure this out, Jake. Mm. We're gonna talk offline. Yeah. Man. I, <laughs> well, I gotta figure will. this out. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. I just like being able to pick your brain. You know, what I mean, just kind of share with our audience. Just kind of shifting gears a little bit. We know you live downtown, so we always ask a lot of our guests this. Where are you eating at? What, what would you recommend? Is I know you got multiple restaurants, but what, yeah, what's your favorite restaurant? Yeah, I li- so I live down in the Arts District. It's, a, yeah. it's one of the fastest growing areas. Or I could go out and say it's the fastest growing area in Las Vegas, um, especially for the younger generation. I think mm-hmm. it's because there is no gaming down there. Yeah. So there's a little bit more freedom to, to kind of be yourself. Mm-hmm. Makers and Finders is a good spot. Yeah, that's one of our guys. Yeah, that we had a bar. Yeah, yeah. Makers, we had a bar. Uh, if you're going for, for bar food, then <laughs> you could go over to Rebar across the street. I had Derek on the podcast. Eight Teen bin okay. really awesome spot on sundays they do party brunch okay. they were actually the first spot during the pandemic to offer live music on their outdoor patio awesome. so they've been booming and grooving out down there you got abel baker is really good but what's been happening down the arts district is there's about six or seven breweries and they just approve for five more so it's actually becoming like a brewery row okay and so i think over the next two or three years you're going to see a lot more impact in that city i mean already i have no parking after 5 p.m any day and then (laughs) thursday through sunday so sometimes i consider not even driving away (laughs) because i'm not gonna have a parking spot and then you add First Friday on top of that, which is just yeah, another, nice yeah, it's there. it's a it's a blast, <laughs> yeah. man. I signed another year lease. I moved down there for the podcast. That's Smart. where the culture of Vegas is really being built. Smart. Yeah, Chris and I went to your place, man. It's awesome, man. He's right yeah. there. So he yeah, don't need a car where he's living no. at. He can I just make walk everyone, everywhere. I make everyone come to you. It yeah, makes, makes life a lot easier. <laughs> no, smart. A lot easier. You done figured it out, man. So what else is next for you, man? You got so many things that you're involved mm-hmm. in, man. What you know, what else, what else are you focused on, at least for, for 2021? 
I've been working with a handful of YouTube, Vegas YouTubers, influencers, content creators on how to extend the brand outside of the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the podcast. As I said, it's a leverage tool. I'm going to continue using that to, to network and mm-hmm. to shed light on those who deserve the attention. Yeah. But I don't want to box myself in as being the podcast guy. Obviously, I'm also building a crypto thing as well. So I've been trying to find ways to extend myself outside of that. So I'm working to get a thousand subs on YouTube because I really didn't start promoting it until about two months ago. Um, And so once I do that, then I can start doing a lot of live videos. But yeah, there's been a lot of conversation on the back end about hiring people. I just got a videographer that I work with now that comes and does the speaking gigs with me and stuff like that. So really just trying to figure the the whole content creation world out because it's literally been only a little over a year for me at this point. Jake, you done figured it out. <laughs> Making $200,000 on yeah. NFT. So you, you done figured it out, man. We root for you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I just want to, yeah. I just, I just want Vegas to succeed. I, it yeah. already has one of the best name brands in terms of cities across the entire world. It has oh, four, over 40 million visitors a year outside of COVID. Everyone yeah. has a Vegas story. Yeah. So many people consider Vegas its second home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it, it just, it needs, it needs to find its next face, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But there are a bunch of venture capitalists that are moving down here. Tech companies are moving down here. And so crypto is the perfect combination yeah. with internet communities and tech and finance and everything. So yeah. we're going to keep this this upward battle. We have the the blockchain meetup is the last Tuesday of every month at Blackfire Innovation. And mm-hmm. we've been receiving a lot of attention from professional communities from different commissions different leaders casino operators they're all showing interest they don't know why but it seems like they want to be a part of it so the conversation's been started and now we just have to keep it rolling well you're doing some amazing things man it's it's good to be able to collab with you and have you come on and be able to see you know different perspectives it's funny when you're interviewing people you want to be able to share your mind (laughs) yeah yeah and how you think and how how you done uh worked out everything you know it's 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 amazing complete it's a completely different model when you're a host because you have to be you have to be so in tuned with it you don't want to interrupt and then if the if the guest starts a different part of the conversation you're like fuck, rabbit holes holes. that's me all day (laughs) but where could people find you at if they want to reach out to you can you kind of sh- mm-hmm. share some of your social handles and all that stuff i'm most active on twitter and instagram at mm-hmm. jake gallon it's mm-hmm. my name you can find me on all the pretty much all the other social media platforms awesome. uh follow the podcast on youtube if you like mm-hmm. watching them but i'm also doing other videos as well okay. that's jake gallon mm-hmm. and then jake gallon's guest list podcast on spotify Apple Podcasts and all the other podcasting yeah. platforms. Very simple. You can type in Jake Allen. Yeah. I've tried to brand it that way as my name just to make it easier across the board. Awesome. Well, yeah, Jake, you're doing you some amazing things, man. Yes. Yeah, it's great to be able to learn, man. We got to learn more about this NFT <laughs> so I can come up. So. Hey, I'm happy, man. Come, come to our meetup. <laughs> you can the learn. Blog, is... Look, Dwight's coming too. We were talking about it online. So <laughs> um, we're we going to definitely be at the next one. You said every every Tuesday, uh, the last Tuesday. The last Tuesday every month okay. is a blockchain meetup. There's also okay. satellite meetups that have been happening now. There's okay. an actual NFT meetup that's been happening that's been okay. uh, hosted by Open NFT. Okay. He's been doing a really good job at that. That's the first Thursday of every month in the, okay. the uh, place changes now there's a cardano meetup i've heard there's a DeFi meetup that's going to be happening and so all these different sectors are starting to pop up you'll see but chris use, not popping we, up yeah, at all, yeah, all, all of sure. them to we, try to get yeah we use uh, our blockchain meetup as the hub so that okay. uh some of those can come in and present we get presentations workshops okay. uh, just simple conversation focused breakouts etc so we're beginning to build that as much we've had two so far we had about 50 to 60 people both meetups 
with a different crowd each time. So it's only going to continue to grow from here. So hope to see you guys there. Yeah, we're going to be there, man. So we appreciate you. Seriously, man, you got doing some amazing things in Vegas and uh, you're going to continue to keep growing. So you can definitely check us out at TheVegasCircle.com. You know, make sure to subscribe with, with Jake on his podcast and, and subscribe with us also. So appreciate you, bro. I appreciate Thanks, it. Hacking, yeah. Chris, thanks for having me on here. been waiting for this moment for probably two years now. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Like, I'll good. be there. So <laughs> we did good. it. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate you. Appreciate you. No Thank doubt. You no doubt. Thanks, man.